This is Wrench Nation. Car talk, car culture, car tips, car music, all that is car. Wrench Nation Car Talk. Call or text your questions now. Well, all right. Welcome back. Wrench Nation. Frank and Susie Sockets with you every Wednesday. If you're catching this on the podcast replay, uh, we upload that every Sunday. Wrench Nation Car Talk. This is your show. Uh, we so appreciate you. Uh, we cover the good works of the industry as well as we, we try to dive into some car tips. Susie, welcome to the show, girl. How you been? I'm amazing, Frank. How about you, buddy? Uh, buddy, amazing. All in one <laughs> word. Like, what's up with that? Didn't I just see you? Yeah, no. Actually, I came back from Chicago. Uh, did some speaking out there. Ratchet and Wrench. Big shout outs to Ratchet and Wrench. Management Expo. Uh, big industry event. And, and before I left, everybody was trying to give me the warning of going out to Chicago. Be careful, you're going to Chicago. And I'm like, really? I mean, I you guys know my story. I grew up in Harlem. I've seen some stuff, but Susie, I wasn't buying that whole thing. And when I got to Chicago, what a beautiful city, my goodness. Yeah, Frank, I was looking at some of the pictures you posted and it looks like an architectural city. Is that right? It is, they're known for their, their architecture. Uh, we took the little river. You know, we had a little time to kind of sightsee. You know how it is oh, when you travel. Fun. You got like eight hours. You got one day, and I felt guilty. My kids weren't there, and I'm like, oh, I'm seeing all this stuff. You get that way with your kids? Oh, heck yeah. You but know? I also heard you did amazing, Frank. Oh, gosh. Come That's on, what man. I heard. That was the no. rumor. This ain't the Frank hour. Come on. <laughs> no, it was, a, it was a good time. It was great. Uh, many of you mechanics listening, highly recommend Ratchet and Wrench. Check it out. They're an online publication. They do have a magazine. And you certainly can catch uh, some wonderful articles. You know, how people are doing things, how companies are, are dealing. Look, the automotive industry can be challenging. We know mm-hmm. that. Uh, but it was a great event. I had a good time out there. Susie, I know the garage is rocking, and you you keeping the Ford down. Tell me what's shaking. Anything yeah. rub you the wrong way, the right way? Nothing rubbed me the wrong way, but I do feel bad when a customer calls, and you know we have a relationship with customers, and they want to maybe get some parts installed. And you know, generally, That's I tough. think many of you folks out there will agree that um, you know it's it's hard to not install your own parts. Um, for the mere fact, you know, he wanted shock absorbers in this 05 GMC Yukon. And unfortunately, the part that was provided, uh, it was non-electrical. So he's got, he's got electrical shocks. Oh, and, um, you know, that's the thing. Like a lot of you listening, we get it. Like you'll call a garage and say, hey, I'm going to provide my own parts. And I think what you're bringing up is important. Like most garages, look, let's, let's just face it. They, they want to help you. But at the same time, what took place with this gentleman went all bad. Right. And typically we don't do the supplied parts. There's a lot that can go wrong. These parts were wrong. Right. And man, you said he had the electric. Electric. Yeah. He had electronic he ride electronic, control. Yes. Oh, he got a double whammy. So that car is in the shop right now. It is in the shop and he's going to leave today with um with just the uh So he got what he could get. Yeah, then. the the washer reservoir. Yeah, it's That's what he's tough. leaving with. It's tough. I mean, look, a lot of you listening uh as consumers, we we sort of how do we shop? Like we call around like how much, how much, right. how much and and maybe I can get it on Amazon or whatnot. I'm going to buy the part online. Not always the best way to go. One of the things that can happen, like he had the wrong part sent in, which frustrates us because that thing is on the rack and it's right. waiting and our production is shot. But you really want to like I'm not preaching, but I don't think it's in your best interest to actually provide 
parts to the local garage. You're not going to get anything out of that. Like you're not going to get a warranty. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a loose handshake. It is. It is. You know, but so because he tough. brought quality parts, Frank, you know, it was. Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. And we want to help. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't say, oh, I got these parts made out there in somewhere where they're making <laughs> sugar cane. I mean, I get you. I know. I know what you're saying. Well, I have some tips, man. I, you know, I always like to try and share some tips with you guys. Uh, some of these real world uh, items that have come in through the garage. Um, many of you driving a Dodge Ram or for that matter, this kind of qualifies really for any vehicle. And I just want you to start thinking about the misfire. If the car Macarena's in the morning and it's dancing, especially when it's cold, many of you even you may not have a check engine light. So you can't even go to your local parts house and try to code pull diagnose that. You know our feelings on that. Be careful with the code pull diagnosis. But many of you are going to attempt a tune-up. Many of you are going to attempt, maybe I got a bad fuel injector. I'm just saying, if you are attempting to do any work on a misfire, don't forget the vacuum check. Now, what is that all about? Well, the mechanical side of your engine, mainly your valve train, your valve springs, so on, the valve seats, we got to be able to measure to see if that is causing a misfire. And in this case with the Dodge, a worn camshaft can cause a misfire. You may think, well, I just need a good old-fashioned tune-up, but that's not the case. So if you're apt to try to diagnose your cold start misfire, don't forget most of these vacuum gauges are inexpensive. They're 20 30 bucks, if that. Get your vacuum gauge on, and you can actually watch the vacuum needle. If it's fluctuating rapidly, that's a sign that you got a top-end issue, that there's a valve train. So don't get caught out there. And if you're going into a garage, a good garage will actually, that's one of the first things they'll test on a uh, misfire. So one more, I think this is important. Phantom electrical. Like you put the word phantom into anything, that's mystery. Like it does, Like you took your car into the garage. It happened every single hour, every single day. And when you go to the garage... It behaves. Mechanic. Ah, we couldn't reproduce your problem. (laughs) I mean, that's frustrating. Like, we get that. It's frustrating for everybody. So I want you to be aware of something. There are some phantom electrical issues. Uh, We're going back to Dodge primarily and what they call a TIPM, totally integrated power module. That's fancy for a big daddy fuse center. And what's going to happen is your headlights may not work. Your taillights may not work. Perhaps there's an airbag light that's flashing or doing goofy things. So don't forget to check that. That's typically under the hood, uh, these TIPM modules. And, of course, you can find all this information, wrenchnation.tv. We're actually developing uh, one of the portions to the site, Susie, is we want to give these these sort of bulletins, these service uh, tips, we're going to put that on the website. So we're working on that. But yeah, make sure you check that. Sometimes you can get lucky with the tip and module and it's a connection issue. It's like tightening up a wall socket plate. You know, you don't need to replace the socket, but you need to sort of tighten up all that. You know, it's always interesting. I mean, you, 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 there's so much news out there just in general. Some of it you just don't know what to believe. But I got to tell you what we can believe in right now, and it happens often, is the cycle of new limousines made for El Presidente. In this case, El Presidente Trumpe. He's got a new caddy. He does. He's got the new beast, as oh. they call the presidential limo. That beast was ridden for the first time this past Sunday. Now, Cadillac has a contract on this. 
And they didn't, these reports that I've kind of scanned out don't go into too much detail. But we all know there's going to be some strapping of velour lining and some gold issues with Mr. Trump. I'm thinking. You would think so. Maybe. Yeah. I'm probably going to get hate mail on this because I'm profiling. But what, what do you think, Susie's going to? I mean, Trump's not going to just go down. No, non, I don't think so. Non-Trumpian. No, not Trumpian. Trumpian. <laughs> Did you just make that up? That's what they had on Twitter. Trumpian. Trumpian. I don't know. Trumpian. But they don't go into detail as to what's in it? No, they said huh. it's, a, it's, a, it's a newer version. Of course, Cadillac's had the contract well before this last right. two-year election cycle. And, uh, of course, the Secret Service ain't going to tell you nothing. You know, you'll have a preview. But I found it fascinating. So Trump is riding the latest and greatest of uh, limos. That is cool. They show a picture of it? The be- Well, they all look the same to me. Yeah, on the exterior? Yeah. So it's the interior that like we're curious about. Like you can see about. the windows are plated. You can tell, oh, yeah, he's got some tank plating in that thing. Right. I don't think that's, I think for presidential limos, that's, that's all that counts. Yeah, like, that's standard. And if it's design new, yeah, yeah. So uh, I think, I think, I think the, I think the security detail is not going to really mention the velvet cushions and the gold trimmings. Right, right. Maybe. Right. I'm thinking that's what's in that sucker. And you know, Frank, speaking of news, um, I thought we had a handle on, um, on the high death rate of pedestrians. And uh, the National Transportation Safety Board is actually calling for additional safety measures to combat those uh, pedestrian fatalities. Do you think, what do you think that they might be improving? Well, I, I actually thought that, was, that, that number's going down, you would think. No, it's actually, it's, it's actually ballooned in the last decade, actually. So what they're, what they're asking for is better headlight uh, designs and better braking so systems. So right, we want to see people now. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. come on. I mean, I thought we had bright headlights. Some of these headlights are blind you. That's right. Here's so, the most important uh, wait, one. Wait, stop right there. What? Hold on a minute. we got to talk about this headlight, headlight. Uh, suggestion. Are you kidding me? They're saying we need, like, brighter headlights? I believe so. Well, remember we talked about Mercedes having the, uh, the headlight uh, messages <laughs> for pedestrians, remember? <laughs> Yeah, so you don't know that show, I don't know, four or five shows ago, uh, Mercedes has a headlight where uh, they can actually transmission transmit a text message. So, like, pay attention, dummy, get out of your phone while you're walking across the walkway. Right, but I also think the most important one is improved lighting at night. I, that's a huge problem. I think it's a problem. Yeah. You, you will agree uh, in your neighborhoods. Yeah, especially uh, pedestrians that are wearing dark clothing, Frank. I'm serious. Like, why are we skimping on lighting? Yeah, no, I think that's more important. Some neighborhoods, it's like lighting. And then I would imagine sidewalks. Yeah. Some neighborhoods don't have, like, you have no choice but to walk out there with a 60 mile. I mean, it's. Right. Yeah. No, we need to we need to save the pedestrians. I'm scared. I walk through. I walk through. Inter- I mean, serious. I'm scared to walk like their Chandler Boulevard over here. Yeah. Yeah. That's busy. Yeah. It like is. I'm on alert. Even when it says green walk. You're looking both ways. aren't I'm you? I'm actually fearful. Yeah, you heard it. I'm fearful. <laughs> <laughs> looking at you, Frank. <laughs> no, I am, man. I'm fearful. <laughs> I'm, I'm being honest with you. Like I don't walk like I drive everywhere. We all drive everywhere. But. How many of you can relate, man? You walking on the, you're paying attention. But you're not fearful of the water, Frank. No, I'm a, no, I'm a dolphin. You're a flipper. All right, now listen, we got a, an amazing guest coming up, man. We got Larry Witherspoon. He's a co-founder and executive director of Automotive Training Center. How would you like to know there are people stemming the tide of that vicious cycle of incarceration? Larry Witherspoon with Atlanta Training Center. He is busting that cycle, providing some skills. He is next. Stay tuned.
Bolt-On Technologies Automotive Software Solutions. Auto repair shops that have Bolt-On Technologies software provide customer vehicle condition reports including photos and text, real-time digital reports, multi-point inspections, estimates, and repair information at your fingertips. Info at boltontechnology.com. Friends of Wrench Nation include Parts Authority, Parts Superstores, nationwide parts and labor warranty programs, same-day delivery service, and trained problem-solving professionals over 45 years of parts experience. All locations have warehouse size inventories, including brake system components, alternators, starters, fuel pumps. Check out partsauthority.com or Parts Authority on Facebook. A Rancher Nation car talk show. We always enjoy having you guys. If you're catching this on the podcast, buku gratitude. Thank you. We never take that for granted. Uh, this show topic is uh, pretty intriguing, pretty interesting. The economy is doing pretty well, but we're forgetting a few things. Every city, no matter where you're at, there is a portion of our community that may not be doing as well. And we have a tendency to forget that. And so on today's show, we are bringing on Larry Witherspoon Jr. He's a co-founder and executive director of the Automotive Training Center. Larry's held multiple leadership positions in the Navy. Oh, we got to talk to him about that. And uh, Frito-Lay. And, and, you know, Larry just decided, you know what? The incarceration rate, he was seeing a lot of folks in his neighborhood, in his community, and he wanted to make a change there by providing an automotive skill. Do we have Larry Weatherspoon Jr. on the phone? Yes, I am. Thanks for having me. Rock on. Wait a minute, Larry. Now, you, I, got, I saw U.S. Navy, so I have to thank you for your service, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, were you in the Persian Gulf? Uh, no, I was not. I was uh, a submariner out of uh, Pearl, Harbor, Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. Ah. Uh, so I did a lot of uh, Western Pacific deployments. Yeah. So you, you started this uh, automotive training center. Uh, give us an idea what some of your students can expect while they're kind of going through that whole program. Tell us about that. Uh, well, the whole goal of our program is to, um, to get, um, you know, a lot of our students have been formerly incarcerated. And the number one factor for them achieving success is that they get employment and they maintain that employment. And so we are a nonprofit, but we run our facility just like a regular repair shop. And so um, they're going to see customers. Um, they're going to be expected to, you know, work under an instructor and learn how to do everything that they'll need to do when they leave us to go get a job. And so that's learn how to change oil, do brakes, uh, tires, and a whole host of other things. Um so that they can get employment when they yeah. leave us. No so doubt. To... No doubt. Larry, I've got to ask a question mm-hmm. on that thought. I don't mean to interrupt, but mm-hmm. this is a big problem. There's, like, you just didn't read a book and say, I'm going to start a training center. Let's dive a little right. deeper, man. How are you affected, and what drove your passion to light the fire and really help so many out there? Um, I, I really I lived it. Um, I was... Uh, my father, growing up, he mentored a lot of young men. He worked at an inner city school, and he wanted to provide um, more of a robust education, so he sent me and my sister to private school. I was actually able to go to college on a football scholarship, um, but I kind of lost my way, and I was rudderless for a time, and I ended up you know, facing some pretty serious charges, and I was, um, I was using drugs and dealing drugs, and I kind of um, just really had a, uh, a meet God moment and was like, what am I doing with my life? I'm going to either end up dead or in jail. 
And so at that point, I kind of did a 180 and was like, I just want to be positive with whatever I'm doing. And, you know, some time went on. I, I got maybe I finished college. I uh, went back and got my degree. And then I moved to Atlanta, and I intentionally moved into an inner-city neighborhood, and I started meeting these young men. All right, hold on now. You so, said intentionally. So you were yes. on a path. I mean, when you got out of college, you're, you're kind of on the level where you, fe- you felt like you were given sort of a second chance. You were going through some yes. things. And oh, yes. you said intentionally. So you started right about outside of college thinking, you know what, I'm going to affect change. Tell us about that point in time. What were you going, what were your thoughts like in uh, starting that? Um, it, it took some time. I mean, I, I worked some regular jobs, but I started to feel um, this need to, to give back and to have some more purpose about my employment and what, what it was I was doing. And so I worked at, uh, for a, a youth ministry in Orlando, Florida, and then I worked for another nonprofit in that area before I moved to Atlanta. And so I already had this uh, feeling that I was going to get involved with something. And there's a community development organization in Atlanta that's been around for over 30 years, and they were working to uh, revamp and revitalize an inner city neighborhood in Atlanta. And so me and my wife moved into that neighborhood, and so I got to see firsthand kind of things that they were doing, and at the same time I was meeting these young men who reminded me of my younger self. And I just got the idea to incorporate my love of cars and initially thought I'd start a repair shop and just employ them, and it kind of morphed into this nonprofit where we we do something similar. Um, And that's how I got involved. That's incredible. Did you feel Mm -hmm. coming from college-educated background, um, you corrected course. When you moved, mm-hmm. let's just face it, you know, I grew up in inner city. Uh, Susie, mm-hmm. Susie uh, Sockets here, our co-host. Um, Susie, mm-hmm. you, you grew up in, in, in areas that, that were, I mean, and when you try to do right, you get challenged. Absolutely. Larry, you, you got challenged, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, my family is kind of split down the middle where uh, part of it is, is kind of middle and upper class and the other is is kind of working class and so i spent a lot of time going back and forth between the projects to the suburbs and so i've kind of always straddled that um that fence and you know just some of the challenges were you know people not believing in the idea or you know why do you i still run into it you know i tell people about our program and they're like oh those those people are a lost cause and i i just i don't agree with that i think we're all very bright individuals and we just need some people to help us realize what our potential is and kind of set us on that path and that's what we do yeah it's an ugly cycle um incarceration some on the sidelines would would take the position and say oh these cats these people they they deserve what they got and and we don't realize Mm -hmm. that you know when doing time and and i never i've never done time i mean i've done some periods in jail and you get out and but doing time is some serious, serious uh, notch in one's life. And so I take it that you are not just helping with a skill set. You're also mentoring in a way where you're trying to keep the life set. What one does outside of this training program, how they're rolling with their peers and so on. I'd like to know more about that. Tell our listeners about... Because, Larry, we know we, you're not just t- teaching folks how to flip a wrench. 
there's a lot you're right. doing uh, to keep folks showing up every day. Do you have an example right. of a student recently that may have tried to sidetrack and, and, and perhaps you could see him or her, man, they, they're headed back to prison or they're headed back to the wrong path. Tell us about that. Yeah, I think we, we speak a lot to them, um, and it's what we call kind of the soft skills because I think a lot of people have a tunnel vision. It's like, you know, my life is compartmentalized at work and at school or with my family, and we have to help them realize that all of it matters, you know. So we we drug test all of our students. We do it at the beginning of the program and we do it at the end, and we tell them, you know, that it's not a surprise or anything, and, you know, uh, you know, some of them fail, and we say, hey, you know, um, you know, even if for, for something like marijuana, that's being legalized, you know, across the country. But we say, hey, if your employer says you can't do it, then you, you should not. And that doesn't, you know, you could be taking a car for a test drive, somebody rear-ends you, and they drug test you, and you lose your job. And I tell them, like, hey, I've, I've worked at places, and I've seen that happen. But to even go farther than that, why do you want to be doing something that's clouding your brain and it's affecting your potential? Um, because you, you are a bright star and you're set on a path. So let's not do anything that's going to take you off that, that path. And once we kind of break it down, it's like, okay, if that group of people you're hanging out with also is kind of um, involved in that, where are they going with their lives? Are they in this training program? Are they trying to better themselves? Or are they just hanging out? kind of doing whatever and once they kind of see that that connection matters and it's not just what you do at work or what you do here at the training center it all comes together and the light bulb comes on they're able to change their behavior and you know go forward and graduate yeah that behavior can be tough uh if you're just tuning in we're hanging with larry witherspoon executive director of the atlanta automotive training center making a huge difference i mean just listening to you I'm just going to say, I mean, there's many ways to put it. You're vibing. You're vibing uh, behavior. You're vibing a skill set. We know it's not easy. Uh, we so appreciate you sharing. And, Susie, you've had situations. We've all known individuals, like, and as humanity, we, you know, I mean, we got to choose our battles. As, as like, like you said, Larry, I'm going to work. I'm school. Maybe I'll step out. I can help someone for a few minutes. But I'm not. I'm not making that my mission. Susie, you've had situations like that. Well, you know, actually, Larry, I want to ask you a quick question. And just to clarify here, are you actually taking these students who have been incarcerated or are you intercepting them before incarceration? Uh, we do both. So we have um, some that are currently on probation or have been on probation or ones that people feel like, hey, they need to come to this program um, so that they don't end up in those places. So we, we kind of do both. Yeah, that's amazing. You're a bright star. Let's not waste your potential. Those are definitely strong words. It's uh, That's got to be somewhere on your mission statement. Not everyone has that type of support. So I uh, have to thank you. Uh, I know we're just doing a little show here. Uh, I want to stay in touch. We're going to bring you on next segment. Uh, Larry Weatherspoon out of uh, Atlanta doing some incredible things. Uh, of course, if you're listening to the podcast, you've got some comments. We're going to tell you where you can find Larry's program. We're going to dive in deeper to the technology of automotive uh, that's happening and how these uh, students are preparing. Stay tuned. Ranch Nation next.
Ranch Nation, Car Talk. Call or text your questions now. 480-655-8870. Well, all right. Welcome back, Ranch Nation. Uh, Frank here with Susie Sockets. We got Larry Weatherspoon Jr. on the phone. Larry, you know, has combined that passion uh, for making a difference uh, in his community. Also, the passion for cars, the love of his cars, for the automotive training centers, what he uh, started uh, into 2014, making a huge difference. Uh, and and really stabbing at, and I have no other phrase than the vicious cycle of incarceration. Larry, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me back. And it is vicious. Uh, you you can attest to that. When we talk about vicious, some folks on the sidelines would say, "Well, they deserve it. They they did these crimes, and it's not my problem. And the law is the law." When we say vicious cycle, it means folks don't really have an opportunity in their environment. They got to go back to the same environment. Maybe they don't have mentors. That's a serious problem. And I know, Larry, you have experienced this firsthand. You have students. And my question to you is they're excited initially because, A, they, most, most folks have an affinity with cars. I'm not going to say everyone. But to be able to work on cars, if they've never done that, there's some excitement. Do you have a portion of that program as they continue prepared for someone to flatline and maybe uh, I'm not interested anymore? How do you deal with the loss of interest at times? Um, I think one of the areas that we're running into is uh, graduates who have just finished the program and the application process can be very daunting. Um, and so we offer them encouragement to kind of keep at it. You know, we had one student who he probably put in 10 applications and he felt like, man, this is not really happening. And it's not that the, the service managers who are running the shops don't want him. It's the human resources part, which is probably out of state and them not all being aligned with, Hey, I want this person and get them hired. And so that's something just recently, um, we we uh, have been helping people, several people with that recently. To uh, one of our core values is just confidence, and and the other one, uh, one of the other ones is work ethic. And you have to put both of those out there. And if you got to apply to thirty places to get in somewhere, you know that's just what you have to do. Um, but once you're in there, you know you can show them your skills and just go from there. Yeah, courage is a big deal. And for some of these folks that run through the program. They haven't, you know, it's easy to give up and by way of give up in, in an environment where give up means, yeah, I'm going to run with this uh, individual. Maybe they're not doing, you know, uh, positive things and maybe I'm going to start slinging drugs or, you know, I'm going to start doing some stuff that just ain't right. But that's that's like that's my neighborhood. That's my step. Like, what do you expect mm-hmm. me to do? Like, you're going to mm-hmm. just up and have me leave. I, I don't have the resources. And so the courage is huge and i know like i can hear it in your voice i know that you're doing a lot of this it's beyond nuts and bolts and i knew when i was excited to get you on the show like we talked to a lot of training program individuals across the country but i know larry you're doing more than just executing how to fix cars you're mentoring in a big way and i would just say this if you're listening to this podcast or hearing this live for the first time, there's two things I want you to do right now. 
You need to get on a Wrench Nation Facebook and you need to private message us or get onto our wrenchnation.tv site. Our goal is not only highlighting the good works, but we want to help propel the good works. So if you're a small business or large business and you can somehow figure out ways to help this particular training program, and I want to get to the question right now, fundraising is huge. You can't do this alone with, with your own pockets. Tell us about the efforts. What are the things you're doing to uh, help keep this program alive and kicking in your community? Yeah, so uh, we have a uh, fundraising strategy. One of the unique things about being a nonprofit that we also run a repair shop in a facility is that uh, we are able to charge for those services and that all that all of those funds go back into the program. So that's pretty unique. But on top of that, we also need to raise money from uh, foundations and grants and, and private donors and individuals because we will never, ever catch up to what a regular repair shop does because the training of students always slows us down and we need to make sure that they are taken care of first and that the training is primary and not we're not out to just make money. So we have um, lots of partners who come along and they see the, the mission and they know uh, our stories and the stories of our students and what they're trying to overcome. And they can, um, uh, they just, out of the goodness of their heart, they uh, give of their funds to help us run this program. Hey, Larry, so let me ask you a quick question. That's, that's great how you've got your, uh, your fundraising all set up. When, uh, mm-hmm. when these students come out or if they've been incarcerated, I'm assuming some may have misdemeanors, some may have felonies. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So are you actually building a pipeline of, of businesses that actually will hire felonies? Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, um, we steer them based on what their charges are to different. It kind of starts at you know, dealer, then you have like chain stores and then you have independents. And so we will have them apply at ones that will take, uh, if they have a background, uh, we'll take them uh, based on what they have. I think at the end of the day, the driver's license, like I think is huge. for me, I would tell you right now, I, if I have someone with the attitude and the aptitude, which look, if you're just starting, that works mm-hmm. for me. That's recipe. And then right under that, driver's license. Now, Susie knows I have been known to hire uh, over over the last, you know, whatever, 20 some odd years as a, as a small business. I will actually deal with somebody's driver's license three months, four months. We'll make it work. Now, in the business of fixing cars, you got to drive the cars. Right. But it doesn't right. mean that I can't have sort of a cross hood check. I'm going to have that anyway for entry-level individual where maybe my lead tech can follow through. If I see talent, and I think, Larry, you're saying this, and I want to compound this. If you're listening as a small business in the automotive industry, if you see talent, you're going to figure out ways to make that work. I think a felony or a misdemeanor should not hinder, even, and I know I'm going to get hate email on this, even if that talent at that moment in time, is having a tough situation with a driver's license. And I agree with you. You can still have talent in the room. You can still have somebody contributing to an amazing team and culture that you've built and get through a driver's license. And I think, Larry, a lot of your students 
They get frustrated. I heard 10 interviews. That would frustrate a seasoned veteran. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to give these folks uh, a better look, a better opportunity to to make a difference, man. Yeah, the industry needs people so badly. Um, I think one of the reasons that uh, not not that people are leaving on the top end, but the entry level, because it's been taken out of so many schools, at least where I am in the southeast, there's only one high school in the city that teaches automotive. And so um, just the other technical college can't keep up. And so we're kind of breaking down those barriers as we grow and expand to be a place where those uh, employers come to look for those students instead of us going out to them. Right. Uh, community colleges, uh, perhaps trade high schools, are you synchronized with maybe some of their facilities? Uh, are they open-armed? Are they, is it pushback? Is it red tape? Tell us about that. Um, we have, we actually don't partner officially with any of them. Uh, we, uh, my partner, uh, Sean McCargue, and I, we have attended uh, technical college here in Georgia. Um, but we are, we we're trying to be pretty maneuverable and some of the the trappings of a technical college because they're a state facility we want to be a little bit more flexible than that and so uh, there's actually a training center in uh, Florida called the Youth Automotive Training Center that has a somewhat similar model um, that we work with and they've been around for 30 plus years doing what they do and they're um, extremely successful and so we have kind of morphed into doing um, um, something a little bit more in the we, we focus on can you do the work um, obviously there's theory and things like that but we do 80 to 90 percent of technical hands-on training with a little bit of classroom so when they go to work they can actually do the work um, and so we're a little bit different in that and so we don't qualify for um, some of the industry standards like NATEF and, and things like that but we've Understood. Yeah, understood. Uh, I got to say, four or five shows ago, we uh, had the executive director out of uh, Oxnard uh, Police Department, of course, uh, City of Phoenix as well. And Las Vegas has the drag program. That's the drag racing against gangs graffiti. Very similar. Of course, let's let's just speak the truth. They've got huge dollar support, huge dollar support. I mean, they've got celebrities coming in and and so Mm -hmm. on. And and I think it's wonderful what they're doing. Have you taken the approach maybe um, with bringing on celebrity flair? And, and I'm careful how I say celebrity. Uh, Atlanta Falcons, let's just speak loud. Have you seen any of the participation on that level in contribution? Uh, is that something that would excite the program uh, uh, You know, for the next cycle? Is that something you're seeing? Um, nothing on the celebrity level. Um, we would not be opposed to that. Uh, but if that happens, that would be wonderful. I'm just saying, like a lot of folks listening now saying, Frank, what are you talking about? He don't need Kim Kardashian. But let's just face it, uh, athletes, celebrities, and I say celebrities, and I say that careful, all right? But mm-hmm. these folks bring attention. Like, they bring mm-hmm. attention to, to what's going on. And, and so have you gotten with the municipalities as far as the – uh, police departments locally. I would think a program like this would go hand in hand uh, with that. Yes, we uh, currently work with uh, Fulton County Juvenile Court, uh, the court side and the probation, 
Superior Court, uh, State Department of Juvenile Justice, and the uh, uh, Atlanta Police Foundation. Uh, we've been in talks about partnership also. So that's a, a big primary source uh, of our students. So we're looking for ones that um, are being uh, deferred from programs or they're coming off of probation or already on probation. So we can give them priority selection into our uh, training programs. Right on. Larry, uh, hang out with us. We'd like to keep you on one more segment. Larry Witherspoon, Jr. is co-founder of Executive Director, Automotive Training Center. we got more questions. How about finding out the success stories of some of the graduates? Stay tuned. we got that next. You can't go on thinking this is Wrench Nation. Nothing's wrong. Call or text your questions now. Who's gonna drive you home? 480-655-8870. Well, rock on. Uh, Larry Witherspoon with the Automotive Training Center rejoins us. Uh, he's stemming the, the, this vicious cycle, man. There's just no other phrase for it. If you've been behind bars, you know how it is. Look, you, people fall into these situations, and, you know, uh, you want to better yourself. And a lot of times the resources aren't there, or the resources aren't really set up for long-distance, positive future kind of thing. You know, like it, there's so much up against being incarcerated when you come out. And so Larry is running the program, uh, Automotive Training Center out of Atlanta. Uh, Larry, we, you know, we've talked deep about, like, how folks can sort of end up the way they do. Uh, tell us about some of these graduate success stories, man. What's, uh, what's happening lately uh, with some of the students headed out in the workforce? Uh, so we just had placements at Ed Boyle's Acura, uh, Curry Honda, and Express Oil Change, or some of our most recent ones. Uh, we had an individual who uh, came to us. He w- had just moved from out of state, from Connecticut, and he came to us and didn't know anything in the city. Was He was on probation, had to get that transferred from Connecticut, and found us online. So he came down and he, he uh, interviewed right before the class started. So he started like the next day. Uh, he actually went through, was the only graduate in his class uh, because the other students either didn't uh, meet the attendance requirements or pass their drug test. And he uh, got employed and he actually received a gift just recently from uh, one of our church partners. They gave him a vehicle because he didn't have a car. He caught oh, the bus and train awesome. to that's class great. with us for eight weeks from, you know, anywhere from an hour and a half to two-hour commute. And now he's uh, set up. He's working at one of the best shops in the city. And so that, um, it's just a testament to his work ethic that he's able to do this, and we were able to help him along with that. Yeah, that's outstanding. You you get these graduates to come back and, and sort of mentor? Yes. Yes, we're in the beginning stages of getting them. Um, we try to have our current students meet uh, an alumni, at least one alumni student, and so they can see the end goal, see the vision of what we want them to achieve. Now, that's powerful uh, to, to pass that on. And, like, you get that much more motivated if, like, you've never held a job and you've just had nothing but bad strokes, whether it was on your part or wrong place, wrong time kind of thing. Once you start turning that tide... Susie, that's that's powerful, right? Yeah, there. that's huge. That's huge, Larry. You know, I forgot to ask you last segment was that uh, what's the average age of your students? Uh, so we have two programs, two separate programs. We have one for high schoolers, and so we'll see them as young as fifteen, 
And, you know, that program, they're probably around 19, 20 is the average age. And then our entry-level technician program, which we've been talking about primarily, they range probably around like 22, 23, somewhere in there. That's amazing. Hey, Larry, tell the people where they can find you. Give us, uh, give us the goods on where folks can find your amazing program. Uh, so you can find us at automotivetrainingcenter.org. And you can find everything about our organization, our story. We have uh, videos, giving student spotlights, and uh, other media items that you can look at. Yeah, well, we appreciate you really having the courage. I know it's not an easy thing to do what you do. And I will promise you, uh, outside this show, we're going to connect. Uh, I want to see what we can do personally uh, with our organization and our network to help you out. I really appreciate the time. We're going to follow up with you. I want to follow up in three to six months, uh, see how you're doing. Uh, get okay. you back on the show. Thank you so much. Larry Witherspoon. Yeah, Larry, training, good job. So. Definitely. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Man, can you imagine if we had something like that in every city and we joined hips a little bit? I don't understand. I'm naive. I'm ignorant. Why are we not connecting the dots? We have a demand for automotive mechanics and technicians. And here we go. Here's this set over here. Why can't we bring it all together, man? I, I just don't get it. We need more of these programs. We do we? need more of that. But you know what? Maybe people are afraid to take that plunge. Who I knows? think I think there's some fear there, too. Definitely. Well, you guys want to stay tuned. Head on over to uh, Wrench Nation Facebook. Let's keep the conversation going. Uh, if you have anybody interested, uh, perhaps in the Atlanta area, or for that matter, anywhere in the country, the show doesn't stop right here. You know, we continue that conversation, Wrench Nation Facebook. Uh, stay tuned. We're going to dive in next week, uh, Wednesday. Uh, you want to rejoin us or perhaps uh, hang Sunday on the podcast. Uh, let me find my notes. Uh, there's a couple things. If Costco can start selling trees, Christmas trees. Susie, we got Christmas trees for sale. It's 105 degrees in the desert. I saw them in there. But my point is, we can give you some early gift action for Christmas. October, we're giving away a lot of good stuff. You need to get on over Wrench Nation Facebook and follow the directions. Help us uh, get the word out to the community. And uh, next couple of weeks, we got great shows lined up. So if you're on iTunes, we'd love to hear your comments, uh, show topic ideas. Always appreciate that. Thank you for hanging on behalf of Ms. Susie Sockets, myself, Bree, on the board. As I tell you every week, be safe. Hug each other. And never forget to hug a mechanic.